Join us in a world where you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Sit back as we discuss hard-won lessons from the best and brightest of the personal defense and competition shooting industry has to offer. Let us help you help yourself, no matter where you are in your personal path. Ballistic Radio, brought to you by LuckyGunner.com and Federal Premium Ammunition. They paid for this, so you don't have to. Now here's your host, John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by LuckyGunner.com and Federal Premium Ammunition. They paid for this, so you don't have to. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com. Get the latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments, photos, videos, other things at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. You know, I've realized something, Joe. What's that, John? I, I say that you can get arguments and such at Facebook. I can't remember the last time I argued online with someone. Well, better get started. No, I, I like me better now. But you know something else I like? What is that? This segment is brought to you by Lucky Gunner and Federal Premium Ammunition. Whether there was a firefight or you do, in fact, want to worry about that little guy, you might. You need more ammo. And when it's time to restock, you can't beat Federal Premium Ammunition at LuckyGunner.com. With a shipping department that's always moving at 88 miles per hour, if I order a case of American Eagle from Lucky Gunner on a Thursday, it's at my doorstep ready to shoot before the weekend starts. Head to LuckyGunner.com today to check out their in-stock lineup of federal premium ammunition. And remember, unless you're on fire or drowning, or maybe you didn't stretch properly and you pulled a hammy, you can never really have too much ammo. That one was, that wasn't, that wasn't funny. Anyway. Joining us, it's Sean Lupka. Sean, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. So I, uh, I'm really excited to have you on the show because you are someone that, um, when I very first got into this, uh, was very inspirational to me, and I was actually lucky enough to get to come out and take a, a Cecil Birch class uh, that that you were at, and you know just just following everything the last. Uh, Jeez, seven, eight, seven years, six years, I don't remember. Um, it's been really cool to see what you've been doing. So for those that don't know, um, who are you and what do you do? All right, uh, well, I'll give you the, the, the brief, like the elevator speech. Um, Sean Lipka, Anti-Fragile Training. Uh, you can find more information and stuff I've written on antifragiletraining.com. Uh, I'm here in the Pittsburgh, PA area. I mostly focus on doing continuing education and regular weekly classes based on the uh, ShivWorks paradigm uh, with, with Craig's permission, sure. of course. Uh, I teach uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and our self-defense classes uh, here at Stout Training Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, that's primarily what I focus on here, uh, you know, kind of multidisciplinary uh, approach to training that we advocate. and. Uh, you know, ongoing education. Well, and what's, <clears throat> what struck me about, um, you know, so the writing of yours that I've seen and just in general, the, I'm going to say training modality, and I don't know that, um, I don't know if that's the right turn of phrase or not, but you're, you strike me as an extremely dedicated practitioner. Um, and, uh, that that's 
that's something that I have always struggled with and is a quality that I, that I attempt to emulate, not nearly as successfully um, as I would like, but it's, it's, it's kind of fun to watch it happen. I guess my first question would be, um, what got you into all of this? Oh man, that's a, you go like the, this is the backstory, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, so Look, not as many people know who you are as, as they should. Um, I, I say I I feel, and you know if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, you know it's it's not like oh look they're doing one more Spider Man origin story. This is this is like hey, <laughs> this is kind of cool, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the uh, the beginnings are just, just real normal, you know. I I think at least it was a logical progression. Um, you know, I mean, I grew up in uh not the healthiest environment right i grew up in uh, housing projects my experiences around you know firearms and uh you know you know criminals and, and all that sort of thing uh you know weren't average you know and they, and they weren't healthy and uh you know when i you know when i grew up you know i became an adult and uh, i got married and you know me and my wife and you know our son uh moved in together and, and we had a, uh, you know, a place we tried to get into a better part of town and, you know, being a, a responsible adult in my early twenties, uh, you know, I had a friend who was a law enforcement officer and, uh, you know, he was like, Hey, you know, let's go shooting sometime. And I was like, yeah, sure. I've shot guns before. Uh, you know, <laughs> we'll go shooting. And, and I went and I enjoyed it. I started going with him a, a couple times. It was like an event. We'd be like, hey, Saturday we're going to go shooting next month or something, you know. And, uh, you know, it was a cool thing to do, and we would hang out, and I, and I really liked it. And um, it occurred to me at some point, you know, I mean, I didn't own a gun at that time. And, uh, you know, I didn't grow up around hunting or anything. Like, you know, my wife and her family, they did. Like, she grew up around guns. You know, there's a gun above the mantle, you know. Uh, Dad will shoot a deer in the backyard, that kind of thing. Right. And, uh, you know, it occurred to me at some point, I was like, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a responsible adult uh, with a family that I love. Um, you know, I, hold, I have a good job. I pay taxes. Um, I vote. You know, I was like, uh, you know, I think I'm the kind of person who probably should own a gun. You know, like I'm, I'm mature and, you know, I think the world would be a better place if people like me would, you know, own firearms maybe I should, I should do that. Um, so it was logical from there for me, you know, looking at, Hey, you know, I'm going to purchase a firearm and and maybe I'm going to think about carrying this thing around with me. Um, I should get a training class. You know, I never really, there's a whole lot of people out there who carry guns or grew up, maybe it's because they grew up around guns. So they were more comfortable with them than I was when I started or the way they grew up around them was different than, than the way I did. Um, and they had a, a different level of comfort with them. But to me, it was a serious undertaking. It was like, I'm going to buy this, this tool that's designed to kill people and I'm going to carry it around in my pants. Uh, I think it's worth a couple hundred dollars for me to go find an expert and, uh, find out how to use it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's reasonable. It seems reasonable to me. seems reasonable to me. So, uh, right. I, you know, uh, 
And so I went and I, uh, I did this firearms course with a, a local outfit, um, Fire Institute. You know, uh, I love those guys. They, they were great to me. Um, you know, real old school guys. They were, they were really good. And um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the learning process. I enjoyed it kind of as a hobby. You know, I enjoyed getting with together with, with, with friends that I met through that process. Guys I met at the range would be like, hey, you know, this was really cool. Why don't we get together next week at the range and we'll shoot and practice this stuff that they taught us in class. And, uh, you know, and so we did that. And I think from there the, the growth was, was, was fairly organic. Um, you know, there's obviously some outside influences and people who helped me along the way and et cetera. But, but from there it just kept, it just progressed. I said, okay, this is cool. I'm going to get into, um, you know, these gun games, started shooting USPSA, IDPA, uh, CMP. Uh, I enjoyed that. I met more people. I took more classes from other people. Uh, I decided to start bringing people uh, to the Pittsburgh area to teach classes so I could take those classes and not have to pay for them, right? <laughs> and, uh, and train with people without having to travel halfway across the fucking country. So, you know, it kept going from there. I, I worked with, uh, you know, companies that were hosting agents for classes at that time. Um, did a lot of shooting. You know, did a lot of shooting, did a ton of classes. You know, years went on. You know, I would travel, you know, go down to Blackwater to take a class or, or you know, go, go over to this state or, like, go over there or what have you. You know, train with all these big name people and and uh, shoot these matches, and I, I really really enjoyed it and got pretty deep into it. And at some point, I was talking with uh, uh, a guy who who ran one of these training outfits, and uh, you know, we were kind of talking about stuff and talking about kind of life history and stuff. And you know, I was talking about a, a robbery I was involved in where I was I was stuck up, and you know, guy stuck a gun in my rib cage and this and that and the other. And, um, you know, I mean, that's not like a crazy story for the area that, that I grew up in or the, the, <laughs> the way I grew up. And, uh, you know, and he was like, hey, you know who you should really check out? Uh, you'd, you'd really enjoy the South Nark guy. And I was like, yeah, I'd seen some of his stuff, you know, online and everything. And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I'll check that out. And that kind of introduced me to Craig. Um, you know, in, in training with him, I had uh, previous to that, you know, me and my, my friends from these shooting classes, we would get together and, uh, you know, we trained together and, you know, we brought this, this other guy out who, who um, you know, it's not really relevant who it was. Well, um, and I'm sorry to do this. Let me interrupt real quick because we have to go to break. And so, so hold that thought. Oh, yeah, we'll be, long. Uh, I could tell the story for a while. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> we've, we've got, we've got another three segments, but, uh, we're at the end of this one. So hold that thought right now. We're talking with, um, Sean Lupka from anti-fragile training. You're listening to ballistic radio. Welcome back to ballistic radio brought to you by LuckyGunner.com and federal premium ammunition. They paid for this. So you don't have to awful nice of them. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat, makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatterguns since 1977. Legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories as well as the EDC X9L, the long slide version of the EDC X9. 
which offers discriminating shooters 1911 match grade accuracy, superior ergonomics and concealability, with modern service pistol capacity that got 15 and 18 round flavors, as well as reliability at www.wilsoncombat.com. So we're talking with Sean Luca from Anti-Fragile Training, and I'm sorry that I interrupted you. Um, you were you were saying before the break that uh, you were a participant in a robbery. Um, you were the robbie, not the robber. <laughs> and uh, an important distinction in case anyone missed it. Um, and afterwards, a friend of yours said that you should check out this South Narc guy, which for those that, that don't remember when Craig was still working or whatever, that's how he went online. Um, and go. Okay. So, um, I mean, to step back a moment, you know, me and my friends would, you know, we'd get together and we'd practice stuff that we took in, in these shooting classes. We get together and we shoot a lot. And, uh, you know, we saw some stuff by, by this guy online who was doing like force on force training. And, uh, we were like, oh man, that looks really cool. You know, we should do that. Just like nice stuff. You know, this, it wasn't Craig. It was, you know, this other gentleman. And, uh, we kind of chipped in together and we brought him out to, to teach a class for us. And we got together in uh, my wife's parents' backyard, right? They're like out in the country. <laughs> and, uh, and we had him out here for his class. And they, I mean, they loved it. They would sit on the back porch and, and like watch us. We're like, you know, beating each other up and, and shooting in their backyard and stuff. And they, they, they thought it was a great time. They, they cooked out, they, they barbecued. <laughs> it's the best entertainment um, ever. Oh, it was, it, was, it was really good. It was really great. Um, so we had this guy come out, and he taught us this stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the thing was it, was, it was really good because it got us uh, dealing with physical contact, right? Yeah. So I would go to all these shooting classes, and people always, they talked about stuff like they talked about if the guy's this close, if he's in bad breath range, if, if blah, blah, blah. But nobody ever actually fucking touched you, you know? Yeah. You never actually did it. You, you stood there in front of a paper target, and you kind of mimicked the scenario that they were telling you. So, uh, you know, this guy, I mean, there, were, there was physical contact at all. There was, there was scripted force on force. Hmm. And uh, we really liked that. We were like, oh, man, this is, this is great. You know, we're, we're doing things like a guy, you know, swings at your head, and you block it and you do this thing and you get your gun out etc and um you know we got together afterwards like we do we have a group of friends that are into this stuff and uh we get together to practice it and when we get together to practice it you know the the, the natural you know organic <laughs> evolutionary thing happens where we stop scripting it right like we stop um, you know, we're, we go a little bit harder than we were going in class. Right. Um, instead of swinging with my left hand so you can do this one technique, I swing with my right hand, you know, and you weren't expecting it. Um, wait, wait, wait. wait. Let me let, up behind you and grab you. Let, let me interrupt. Mm -hmm. People have two hands? Two. Two. Most. Well, yeah, most people. Yeah. And they can hit you with either one of them? They can kick you, too. It's an amazing thing. Oh. Just look into it. It's all built on lies. Anyway, sorry, continue. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but what happened was, you know, when we started going a little harder and we started going off script, uh, the techniques that this gentleman had taught us, they stopped working. It, it fell apart. 
you know, one of my friends had wrestled a little, and he would just grab you and throw you to the ground. And, uh, you know, another one of my friends was just, you know, bigger and meaner than me. And, and you know, the things just, they, they weren't working anymore. Um, so, you know, so I think, well, maybe we just haven't practiced enough. You know, maybe I just haven't done the move. I haven't done the move enough. I have to practice it more. And so we'd practice more and we would train a little harder. And, man, when we would go off the script, shit just didn't work anymore, you know? And uh, it was kind of, it was pretty, it was kind of obvious, you know? And that, you know, that brings me up to the time where I started training uh, with Craig. When I found Craig, the thing that struck me about the type of validation exercises he was doing um, was that they were unscripted. Right. right. That he would he would teach you techniques. You would learn the techniques under pressure. You would drill the techniques, and then he would put you in unscripted scenarios, and you could make them work. You know, and, and in that sort of environment, with uh, a guy who's actually trying to win, attacking you, mm-hmm. um, or maybe two. Or, you know, on gravel with a helmet on, you know, the simunition gun and this and that and the other, um, the person who performed the techniques better would, would win, would, would, you know, be able to come out on top. And, uh, you know, that kind of changed my perspective on that sort of training. So when you ask the question, like, you know, what got me into this or where did this start? I know it's a very long story to get to that part, but that's the beginning. That kind of sets the sets the ground for where this started because um, where what I do started now was um, not even in my first ECQC, not even in my second class with Craig, maybe my third or fourth class with Craig, um, when I had a little bit of uh, a little bit of no- enough knowledge to hurt myself. I thought I knew what I was doing, and a little bit of ego. Yep. Um, I had him for an ECQC and in Pittsburgh, and I was hosting. And um, I had done ECQC previously. I had done an extremist knife, I think. Yeah, I had done an extremist knife. Um, I had done arm movement structures. I had done edge weapons overview. This would be another ECQC. And me and the training group guys had gone together, and we were practicing his material. We were just beating the snot out of each other just in, in, in gravel pits in the sides of the <laughs> the shooting range. And um, uh, my my dear friend, who's my dear friend now, but at the time was just an acquaintance, uh, Jeff Bluvman had a grounded evolution with me, day two of ECQC, which you're familiar with. Yep. Um, Jeff fucking smashed me. He mounted me and just started pounding on my face. And I panicked. I couldn't get out. I didn't know how to get out, couldn't breathe in the helmet. You know, I can't breathe, Craig yep. saying, you know, if you could say you can't breathe, you're breathing. And I'm like, no, nah, for real, can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've, I've got video of it. It goes on forever. People leave the circle to go get water and come back, and I'm still having my ass beat. So, is a bit, so <laughs> what you're saying is that it was an unfavorable moment in time for you. <laughs> it was a learning opportunity. Right, right. You know, and, uh, you know, Jeff had a little bit of jiu-jitsu. You know, at that time, he, he trained some jiu-jitsu. He had a little bit of jiu-jitsu, and I did not. I didn't have any, you know. And, um, you yeah, know, that was really rough 
Uh, it was it was emotional. It was I mean I've been involved in real violence in my life several times, and uh, never before in training had I felt uh, that kind of pressure. Yeah, you know that kind of you know being victimized. Um, I couldn't do anything about it. You know I couldn't stop it, um, and that was it, it shook me really hard. And, um, you know, afterwards I kind of was, you know, I was like, man, maybe I should just stop this. This is like, you know, this is kind of ridiculous. I've gotten this far into this stuff. Like, you know, I I don't need to, you know, I can shoot casually or maybe I just get rid of the guns or, you know, I'm going to stop doing all this force on force stuff. Or I I don't know if I can, I don't know if I should, if this is really for me. I don't know if I ever want to experience that kind of thing again. I don't have to, Yep. you know. And, uh, you know, this little voice in the back of my head said, mm, fuck that, right? Uh, you know, your choices are you can make excuses. You know, you can you can lie, essentially. You know, you can make some excuses and say, well, you know, if it was for the real world on the streets, I would gouge his eyes out or, you know, whatever stupid thing you want to say. Um, you can You can just quit which is at least honest. You know, I don't have any problem with people, you know, coming and doing the work and saying, Hey, this isn't for me. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, at least, at least that's honest. You can quit. Sure. Um, you know, or you can, you can go back in it and, uh, work harder, you know, and and that was the decision I decided to make. I decided, um, no, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to get over this. I'm going to do this. This is this is this is something I'm going to do. I'm going to get good at this. Well, you know, and mm-hmm. I would, I'd, I actually have a couple thoughts there um that I that I'd like your opinion on. Uh but we have to go to break again. So, we will pick right back up off uh where we're where we're leaving off right now. We're talking with Sean Lupka from Anti-Fragile Training. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio brought to you by LuckyGunner.com and Federal Premium Ammunition. They paid for this, so you don't have to. This segment brought to you by BigTexOutdoors.com. BigTexOutdoors.com is the best place for you to find all your everyday carry needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe you need all the lumens from Surefire at the lowest price? No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room and now you need an RMR in your carry gun? Well, BigTexOutdoors.com has those. Glock accessories, yes. Fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, BigTexOutdoors.com has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike, everybody likes Ike, and you'll like Ike too. Visit BigTexOutdoors.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. So we're talking with Sean Lupka from Anti-Fragile Training, and, and before the break, you were sort of relaying the story of you had, you had been through the material, um, you'd been training this stuff for quite some time, and you encountered uh, Jeff Bluebman, who Jeff is an awesome dude, um, that I've been very lucky that I've gotten to spend a little bit of time with him, um, and he's just an awesome dude. But uh, you were saying that you got into a, an Evo uh, evolution, training evolution, for those that don't know exactly what we're talking about, um, with him at Craig's class, and he essentially pounded the dog snot out of you for several minutes, and <laughs> yeah. which was the uh, uh, precursor to an existential crisis. So, mm-hmm. and 
I I guess my, you know, I <clears throat> I I had Larry Lindemann on the show. The it I haven't posted it yet, um, but I was I was able to talk with him, and he talked a little bit about the Shivworks paradigm. Uh, and I'm familiar. I am. I I've been through material with almost every member uh, of Shivworks. Uh, I've been very lucky in that regard. And I think one of the most overlooked, um, really just, you know, things that they do exceedingly well that not enough people talk about the importance of um, is allowing the students to fail. Not creating situations where they can only fail, but creating situations where failure is, I I don't want to go so far as to say likely, but at least not a surprise. Um, and providing a safe environment for that. Uh, what what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I think it's necessary for progress. Yeah. I mean, if you, uh, I mean, what is the brand that I'm under here? Anti-fragile, right? Mm-hmm. What is what is the notion of anti-fragile? And for people who aren't, you know, familiar with that, um, it's a term coined by uh, the author Nassim Talib. Uh, in his book, Anti-Fragile, he wrote a lot of books, but that's one of them, um, and it's the, the opposite of fragility. One of the things he puts forth in, uh, you know, in the novel is, is uh, this, this concept, and he says, you know, what is the, the opposite of being fragile? If you ask most people, they will say that the opposite of being fragile is to be strong or to be robust, right? Um, but those aren't actually the opposites of fragile. Fragile things break under pressure. Robust things they bear pressure, right? They, they don't crumble under pressure. The anti-fragile grows stronger through adversity. Um, and, and that's what we're looking at. And that's a, it's a natural phenomenon. It's the same thing that happens when you lift heavy weights, right? Uh, you lift heavy weights, you do damage to the muscle fibers, the muscles regrow, they get bigger, and you get stronger. Um, it's a natural phenomenon. When you can take things to a place where you can do healthy damage to them that they can grow stronger from, but you do not break them, you come out with something better in the end. And, and that's kind of the, the, the process that, uh, that we put people through. Well, and so one of the, and we got into backstory a little bit, um, which is incredibly, I, I think incredibly important because I, you know, Personally, uh, the whys are always more interesting than the hows, um, at least in my mind. And, you know, maybe I'm strange that way. But uh, so you've set up what could best be described as a, well, I mean, I'd describe it a different way. But the, the easy way to describe it is a, a regional training group. Um yep. I, I think of it more as, as like a Shivwork satellite office, but I okay. I don't uh, I don't know that I I mean that as a compliment and and hopefully it's taken uh, that way. Oh yeah, no. Um, you know, so uh, not that I occasionally say things and I'm trying to be favorable when people are like you dick and I'm like whoa how I'm bad at this I'm sorry. Um, well, I'd agree with that assessment. Yeah, uh, but the. The um, the thing that that sort of strikes me about it is 
that's probably one of the most important things there is because, you know, any instructor, it doesn't matter if they're the best instructor in the world. And, and Craig is certainly in the running for that. Um, he'd be he'd be in my top five easily. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how good they are. If they show you something and you don't internalize the material that they're showing you, uh, your ability to access that under pressure is severely impacted. So what sort of, I mean, you sort of alluded to it in the the origin story that you had a group of people that were always sort of doing this, but was that a conscious decision on your part to be like, Hey, this is, this is a super important part. So I'm going to dedicate my resources to it. Uh, You know, I just thought that practice was important, you know? And I mean, that's not like, I don't think that's groundbreaking, Um, but you don't see a lot of it. Not not inside you know, of the tactical all, community, right? You don't. It, it just struck me that you know, if I was going to do this, I would practice it. And I also, and this is no small part, enjoy the process, right? I mean, I'm not asking. I don't expect, uh, you know, regular folk who you know just aren't that into you know the kind of things that we do to be out here on the mats with me seven days a week, you know, just, just, you know, wrestling dudes half their age and twice their size on a daily basis, if you don't enjoy it. Right. And um, there's something about the learning process that I enjoy. Um, There's the the physicality of it that I enjoy a safe place to be able to express myself, you know, uh, visually or to be to be violent without um you know i mean you're not going to run out on the street and just grab people and beat the shit out of them that's not healthy um not for them at least and, and the com- right the camaraderie the the other people that are involved um, helping new people uh, the whole thing i just really really enjoy it sure i really enjoy everything about it um but you know especially in the beginning it was just like hey guys like this was really cool we should practice it. And that seems like a no brainer. Well, it seems like it, but so, and I, and I sort of said this and um, I I feel like I should clarify just because people are going to get upset. Um, Not that they would ever get upset, but I said, that's not that prevalent in the tactical community. Uh, And I don't, that, that's an observation. That's not me disparaging anyone, but you know, inside of the gaming community, the gun gaming community, um, mm-hmm. the people that do even marginally well at it are practicing it, um, inside oh, of the, yeah. inside of the tactical community where that's people's jobs, hopefully they're practicing it, but inside of the, um, I mean, you're, you're, you're being kind. Look, I've been to, you know, I don't even know how many firearms training classes under how many different instructors, the number of people who show up who should be by the, by their job or by their you know, uh, experiences like subject matter experts who show up to a fucking like three day advanced rifle class with a carbine. that's not zeroed Mm -hmm. the fuck out of here. Um, you're right. I was trying to be kind, but no, that, that, that sort of mirrors my experience. It, It seems that, well, frankly, um, no matter what you get into, uh, there's a small percentage of people 
compared to the people that are interested in the subject that actually work at getting better at the subject in any meaningful way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess, you know, it seems like a no-brainer, and it seems like something that is incredibly simple, but I guarantee there are people that are interested in this right now that are listening going, regional training group, huh? You you know, uh, and I don't mean that as a, um, you know, if you are listening to this and you haven't considered it, I personally am not um, trying to make anybody feel bad. Uh, can't speak for Sean. I don't think Sean's trying to make anyone feel bad either. But, you know, it, it's super important. Um, if you're going to set up something like this, what were some of the initial stumbling blocks or mistakes that you made that oh, yeah. would be helpful for people that are like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do this? Well, first of all, and um, I know it's sounds douchey when I say this, look on my blog, okay? Um, and I don't, like, there's no, like, I don't, it's not monetized or anything. Like, I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's really just me trying to put information out there to help people. No, and it's really well done. Um, um, it's something that I try to I, regularly read. Thank you. Um, and, 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 you know, and I know that there's very few people who, who actually are interested in the kind of things I'm interested in who read it. Um, but there's there's a several part article in there about forming a training group that lays really everything out. And the you know the biggest things I could say, if somebody wanted to get into this sort of thing, um, would be to make sure that the time you spend is, is useful, engaging, and safe. That's all, right? Just start with that. Um, I know that a lot of people that I've talked to who have contacted me, and please, if anybody out there you know, wants to get into this sort of thing, whether you've traded with Craig already or not, um, reach out to me. Send me an email, you know, what have you. I'll be glad to talk to people on the phone or walk them through it. I really, really like to help people um, like the way I was helped get into this. Right. Um, but, you know, people were like, uh, I'm, I'm not, we don't have an, inst- I can't teach this stuff. I don't understand it. Or I'm not an instructor or whatever. You don't have to think of it that way. What you need is not an instructor. What you need is a facilitator. Okay, you need somebody to say, "Hey guys, Saturday at two o'clock, we're gonna get together and we're gonna work on getting back to our feet when somebody's trying to hold us down, and uh, we're gonna spend two hours on it. Um, you know, bring your blue guns, um, and then I've got a short outline of what we're gonna do." You know, we're going to practice a hip escape. We're going to practice a technical stand-up. We're going to have – we're going to do live rounds where somebody starts on top of you, and we're going to give you 30 seconds to get to your feet, and that's going to be, you know, whatever. Boom, that's our practice session for the day. And you can can break things into little blocks like that, and, of course, it's going to be better if you have experienced people or people who can coach or people who can instruct or what have you – but, you know, this is the way I started, you know, me and, you know, a couple guys that didn't know anything about grappling just by beating the shit out of each other in a bunch of weeds on the side of the shooting range and me sending a video to Cecil and being like, what, what do you think? <laughs> you know, and, and him being like, I think you need to go to jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> hold, hold that thought, Sean, because we've got to go to break again. Um I think you need to go to jiu-jitsu. That sounds like something Cecil would say. Uh, right now we're talking with Sean Lupka from Anti-Fragile Training. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. 
Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by LuckyGunner.com and Federal Premium Ammunition. They paid for this, so you don't have to. Um, so we're talking with Sean Lupka from Anti-Fragile Training, and, and you were sort of, um, you were essentially outlining, you know, the basics uh, that goes into this and, and the importance the importance of a facilitator, right? And it seems like the hardest part is not even necessarily getting people to do the work, uh, at least in my experience. It's getting people to show up to do the work, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, don't get discouraged. You know, if you've got one other person, at least you can train. Um, But there's definitely been times when I showed up and nobody else did. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing is, like, if you just quit after that, then, well, then you're done, and you don't have the opportunity to get any better or to train. Right. Um. So, you know, I pick a date and a time. Like, if you have a training group, one of the biggest mistakes I have people, uh, I see people do, is that they'll get everybody together in a group, and they'll be like, okay, how's Wednesday at 3 o'clock? And then one guy's like, ah, oh, Wednesday, I can't do it. How about Sunday at 2? I'm not 3 at 2. The other guy's like, oh, it's my daughter's birthday. Well, what about Saturday night? Oh, I can't do Saturday night. That's when I play whatever the modern warfare or something, you know. And then they're all trying to figure out what's best for them. Right. Fuck all that, okay? Um, if you're the facilitator, you pick a day and a time that's good for you, and you say, here's when we're going to do it. Okay. If somebody can't make it to that, that's fine. We're going to do another one next month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, don't try and cater to everybody. Pick a day and a time. If you get somebody else who can show up, good. You you can train, and just be consistent. Just keep doing it. And if the time spent is useful, people will make it a priority to keep to come. Right. One of the things that happened um, when we were relatively new, when it wasn't pu- like like right now I teach like I teach classes twice a week. Um, you know, anybody can come and sign up for them. You know, guys here at the Academy, just you guys, whatever drop in for the classes or MMA guys drop in for the classes. Um, some people come here just to take my classes. Um, I try and, you know, I try and edge them into the jujitsu, but you know, gently. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, when we started, it was like a private, it was like kind of secret. It was a private group. You had to be invited. It was fight club. There was only other people. Yeah, it was a fight. It was exactly what it was. Um, and, uh, you know, I had some people we had, we'd get together and we'd try and do longer days, this and that and the other. And I had this one guy who, who I haven't seen in years now. Um, he moved away. But um, he was really good and he, he gave me honest feedback, which is really what you need, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, man, um, like I, I kind of put, put aside two hours on my Saturday to come. And we were mostly just dicking around and like, there wasn't like a good structure or anything. And I, I I like what we're trying to do, but like, it wasn't a good use of my time and I don't have a lot of spare time. So like, I'm not going to come back again unless we can fix that, you know? And I was like, fuck. All right. Like if I want to have good partners, like maybe I don't need to be like, I don't want to be the dude in charge, but I got to make sure that the time we spend is useful and I can't be letting people get a sidetracked or just, right, you know, off on tangents like people will do. I got to keep us, keep us on an outline, keep us on a plan. And uh, 
you know, you just have to keep going. You know, you have to be consistent. I think right now um, there's actually two people in the training group right now who, or who train, you know, train with us regularly right now who I trained with in the beginning. And there was a period of a couple years in between where neither of those people trained with me at all. So there's been times where there was nobody there who was there in the beginning, where everybody was newer people. And then there's times where people come back years later. And then you've built this thing, and now you have experienced people, you have good curriculum, you have skill doing the thing, you know, um, everything's really, you know, well fleshed out, you know, and they come back and like, yeah, this is really, you know, this is put together. You know, you just have to stay consistent. Well, and and the other thing too, um, that I, you know, again, my opinion, and I would def- I would defer to your opinion, but um, consistency is key. Uh, the other thing too, though, is that if for whatever reason you get derailed, um, not beating yourself up over that loss of consistency and just getting back into it is super important because I know, yeah. At least in my own life, there have been times where I've been I've been really on something, uh, and then life happens, or or I happen, which is worse usually, um, you know. And and for whatever reason, you get derailed, and then you're sitting there, and you're like, oh fuck, I, I you know. And it's really hard to get that momentum back up and going um, if you're if you're being a dick to yourself, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and again. Um you know, logic, right? Like, let's just, you know, look at things plainly. Like, let's say, you know, you lose your job or something, right? Like, something you lose your job or you come across some hard times or whatever. Um, is it a better idea to dwell in that downtime or to jump right back into finding gainful employment? You know, so like, if you get away from training for, if you get away from training for a moment, you know, what's going to be more useful for you? Getting back into it as soon as you can or you know, sitting around and thinking about how you're not training. Right. Yeah. Well, and we're coming up on the end, the end of the show, man. Um, you know, we got a, we got a few minutes left. Um, what would be, you know, your sort of final thought on all of this? What would, what would you want to leave people with? Uh, I'd say that, Training under pressure, uh, an anti-fragile mindset, and uh, learning to overcome adversity has done more good things for people beyond their ability to survive interpersonal violence than I could possibly list. I have friends who have, you know, dealt with uh, PTSD. I know people who dealt with, like, you know, you know, various sorts of, you know, depression and personal problems and, and all sorts of things. And, and, and generally speaking, um, challenging yourself and getting out of your comfort zone, working hard at something and getting a real honest, truthful experience and a success from that uh, is, is incredibly beneficial and everybody should, should experience it. Even if you don't, you know, even if somebody 
you know, who listens to your show or whatever, and, and maybe they're a casual shooter or something, they're not experienced in self-defense, or they don't care about that sort of thing, they don't think it's relevant to them, or anything like that, um, you know, maybe go try a jiu-jitsu school or something, and, and uh, see how much that betters your life. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And and I think that, you know, the, the aspect there that um, is really crucial, you know, to, you know, look at anything else, but just being able to exercise emotional control um, yeah. is something that uh, I certainly struggled with for a very long time. And, and I'm not saying that I still don't at times, you know, depending on what's going on, but as far as, as far as like the closest thing you can get to a superpower in certain situations, the the ability to not let your emotions dictate your actions, um, huge, just very huge. Uh, Sean, I appreciate you very much for coming on to the show. Um, remind no, no problem, every- man. I appreciate you having me on. That's actually great timing because my coach just walked in and we're about to do some training. So you want to talk about being anti-fragile. Uh, Warren Stout is here, and he's probably going to beat the shit out of me for the next hour, and I'll be a better person afterwards. Well, that's good. It's good you've got a good attitude about that. <laughs> if uh, if you could remind everyone again of where they can find your stuff at, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, if you go to antifragiletraining.com, you'll find my blog, uh, links to classes and descriptions and things of that nature. Uh, you can email me, antifragiletraining at gmail.com. Um, and you can find, you know, our classes here at Stout. We've got a location here in the Strip District. We've got another satellite location out in uh, Cranberry uh, here in the Pittsburgh area at StoutTrainPit.com. You'll find links to that on my website and everything, too. Um, and anybody who wants to come and try a class out or, or anything like that, uh, don't feel like, you know, you have to jump right in. Um, I always tell people if they just want to come down and, and watch and see what it is we do, tell if it's for them come on down. And there's no pressure, like, you know, you do as much or as little as you want to if you come and you do the class and maybe you don't want to participate in, in any of the live or scenario training or anything like that. Um, there's absolutely no problem with that. I'd, I'd be happy if people would just come down and see what we're doing. Yeah, no. And and that's, um, you know, my experience with you and pretty much everyone else associated with that has always been, it's very, um, you know, we're talking about training under pressure and training against resisting opponents, but frankly, it's a it's an incredibly inclusive experience. Um, Sean, yeah. thanks so much, man. I hope you enjoy training. I appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, no problem, man. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, our, again. Yeah, no worries. Hey, make sure you check out our website, BallisticRadio.com, like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. And hey, keep leaving those five-star review on iTunes. really helps us out. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe and see you next week.